as I grew up, they loosened up. And as I grew up, they changed. And as I grew up, I gained more freedoms. Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Bidun Sukkar where talks are unfiltered and not sugar-coated. So lately I've been talking to a friend of mine about all these episodes and what people are reacting to and whatnot. And it came to my attention, or it was brought to my attention, that maybe it's time to share more about myself. I think I overshare just because I'm being here and telling you about experiences, but maybe in reality I'm not. And if in the spirit of Bidun Sukkar, I should. And the topic of how I grew up in my childhood and all of that came up and it made me instantly uncomfortable, which made me realize that maybe this is what I need to talk about. (laughs) So I don't know where to start. So I'll keep it short and sweet and I hope you enjoy what I have to say. So if I'll give you some context, as I said that I am partially Asian, I'm Saudi and Lebanese. Okay, so that's already packed with a lot of flavor, let's say. I am from Shergia, which is the eastern province in Saudi. But uh, my grandpa from my Saudi part grew up in Jeddah. And to be honest, he is the Asian part. So originally, my grandfather immigrated here, I mean to Saudi, when he was just a child with his dad from Japan. From my understanding, I think they were seeking asylum as Japanese Muslims. Look it up, it's a real thing. Because I did not believe in that. There's a minority that are Japanese Muslims. And it was just them two. And then his father got called back into a war. I'm not sure which one. If it's World War I or World War II. I did the calculations one day. But I completely forgot now. So, um, and then he was left alone. He was left to be raised alone in Saudi. He made himself a man out of himself. He made a successful man out of himself. He had some companies and stuff like that. He moved to the east. uh, Traveled around. You know, back then they just would do road trips. And he went with his friend, went to Lebanon, and fell for my grandmother, who is full Beiruti, if you need to know. And only Lebanese people know what that means. It's fine. That's not the point of the story. So my mom grew up in Saudi, actually, uh, in, as a family of six daughters. And back then, we're talking about late 50s, sorry, late 60s, sorry, mom. <laughs> Having a lot of women, a lot of females is not a good thing. And they grew up in the same area my dad grew up. And this is how generally they met. But what you need to know is my mom was married off at 15. And my dad was 25. So she was a child. And a lot of my mom's side of the family got married off at a very young age because there's a lot of shame at having females or daughters. And a lot of men would marry them off just to keep their reputation intact, which is sad and uh, also my grandfather really wanted a son so they had six daughters instead he went off divorced my grandmother uh, and remarried and had another set of six kids he finally had two sons so but that's not the story on top of that i don't know why they did that They they were very practical back then on top of that so my grandfather married off my mom to my dad and then he married off his her two sisters my aunt to my dad's two brothers so it was like a buy one get two for free kind of deal 
my family is going to kill me. But yeah, so our cousins are very, very close. We should never marry them ever because my cousin's dad is my uncle and my cousin's mom is my aunt from maternal side. And yeah, we they got married. Uh, my brother, I have a brother, I have an older brother, and then there's me. And I have another brother who's younger. So I'm the only child and a middle child. I'm the only girl. No, I'm not spoiled rotten. I wish I was. And I'm the middle child, so which tells you a lot. Uh, <laughs> so if you're a middle child, I see you, I hear you, you are loved. <laughs> um, I grew up in a household where it was Lebanese because I grew up with my dad's family. So my parents got divorced when I was five. Growing up with a mo- without a mom is a bit difficult. I grew up, as I said before in other episodes, I grew up with a lot of men, which explains my perceived lack of feminism. I grew up in a multi-generational household, which means uh, I grew up with my grandparents, my dad, uh, my uncles occasionally and their, and their families, and my aunt and my brother. So it was a very busy household. I think one great thing about what my parents did and I'm very grateful for is they put me in a really good school which set me, I think, I would like to think set me for life, uh, whether it was the people I met or the education I received, you know, or the expectations that had built into me. Our school was a private school and it got me interacting with people who are from different class than I am. So maybe some of my family won't like me saying that, but we come from a middle class and I went to a very upper class school, which was difficult in its own way. You know, I was ashamed of my car. We had a beat up Volvo. I didn't have a driver. I mean, okay, Westerners here <laughs> will be like, what the hell are you talking about? If you live in Saudi, you know, having a driver is not a luxury. It's normal, especially back then that women didn't drive. So I didn't have a driver. Uh, my grandfather and my grandmother were the ones picking us up, doing all the PTA stuff, doing, you know, so it was not nice not to have your family come into school. It was not nice to be known as you know, you know, your grandmother's coming or someone making fun of your beat up car or, you know, hoping that no one sees your old car. We didn't compete with them. I never felt, you know, underprivileged or anything. But those girls were very interesting. Those girls came from very good schools. They came from notable wealth, which I think really helped me with my career and where I am right now because a lot of people don't understand wealth and don't understand the people that come from them. And it actually just made me more comfortable around wealth and you know, being able to see people that come from that because people who don't come from wealth see people who are wealthy like as aliens or very different or they just understand their behavior. They're just people with better privileges than we do, than we have. I formed lifelong friendships because I grew up with these girls. Uh, I've known them since I was six. We somehow all follow each other one way or another or know each other's stories from someone. I won't say I'm particularly close to everyone or, you know, Uh, because I left the country. I left Saudi when I was 18 and I never really went back. Everyone went somewhere else. Um, But I think everyone knows what everyone's up to in one way or another. I would say growing up from a school perspective was great for me. But growing up in Saudi, and I'm not using that as a way to like, you know, promote myself. But growing up in Saudi was not tough, was not easy, sorry. I'm not, not, it's not just only because it was Saudi. I think anyone who's Arab or comes from a conservative family, anyone who's POC, really, people of color, tend to have more conservative lifestyles. And my parents, my dad was a very difficult man. My dad was a non-present father. I grew up without a mother and my brother was left to his own devices. 
And I think this is why I'm here today because all my entire life I was told, I had so many questions and I was told to wait till I grow up and I grow, I've grown up and still growing up and I don't have answers to a lot of things, you know, so I went and sought my own answers. You know, I come from a family where none of them went to college or if they did, they didn't complete it. We, my brother and I and my cousins are the first generation of my family to go to university. And I am part of the first generation of women to work. So it's very, sometimes I don't have that relevancy with my family that I can't explain to them what it, what it means to go and come back, uh, to go to, to have a very, sorry, to come back from a very demanding day at work. And what does it mean to have meetings? And what does it mean to be in the corporate ladder? What does it mean to be a woman and all of this? You know, I didn't have anyone show me the way. I also developed really early, which meant I was boy crazy by the age of 11, <laughs> very early. I had a lot of boyfriends, uh, which I kept hidden from my family. Some of them knew, some of them didn't. Like I was telling a colleague of mine and a friend a story. I think it's relevant to anyone who comes from a conservative family is, you know, I, when I had boyfriends, obviously their names on my phone were girls. And one time this boyfriend called me and my dad was right beside me in the car and we're talking and I was acting like he's a girl, obviously. I called her Amal. <laughs> it was not Amal, it was Ahmad. It's another Ahmad. And um, then I hung up and my dad was like, who was this? I said, oh, it's, uh, you know, Amal. It's uh, one of my friends. He said, no, that was a man. I was like, no, no, she was just sick. You don't even have to think about it. You become such a liar. I snuck people into my house, which I shouldn't, and no one really knows about this. So you're my family, you're going to hear about this. Yes, I did. I was high school. And also I had a different arrangement than a lot of girls. So I had this boyfriend and um, his mom was pretty open and I would visit them every weekend and spend uh, like a day with them and then come back. Uh, as a Saudi, that would never happen. As a Saudi, if you're dating, no, you won't see your person for <laughs> months, if not a year. You could easily date for years and never see them, like really see them. You will see them in passing or something. But I also had a boyfriend that was really damaging who blackmailed me. And I'm sure a lot of women who went through that, who blackmailed me, said he took pictures of me. And back then in Saudi, any picture of you, I'm not talking here about nudes or anything. I'm talking about just a picture of you or just proof that you exist you know back then was really big and this man told me that he took a picture of me which he didn't and I believed him and he said if I don't do what he wants which was at that time physical um, he will you know tell my family he will ruin my reputation you know and that was really big back then it's still big now but it was bigger back then and I really was scared and I didn't know what to do. Eventually, I can't remember now how my family found out, my brother found out. My brother was really tough about it. He told my dad, they called me names. And of course I was to blame and that man just kept threatening me and threatening other people. And my family obviously took measures, which I mean, I was grounded and couldn't see the day of light. Um, I was ashamed. You know, all I could think about was, I know this is very extreme right now, but as I was a teenager, I was dramatic. I was 15. I just wanted to die out of out of fear and, 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 and shame. And that man had a complete impact on how I dealt with my relationships moving forward because this, is, this was the first man who manipulated me so much, who scared me, who threatened me. He was 24. I was 16, 15. If we were in another country, this is harassment this is a sexual assault this is a child molestation whatever you want to call it but obviously in our countries it isn't in our countries it's how could you how did you but where was my family 
you know, I think back then, and I think a lot of women, a lot of girls at that age, they want attention. And I think they think male attention is the correct attention. It's not, you know. And uh, I, I sought a lot of help and I sought a lot of people to make things right. And I had, I think, I had a big void that I wanted to fill. And also, obviously, I wasn't allowed to do anything anything uh you know going out eating out was a luxury my dad was just not social my fam my brother was on his own obviously back then you know your brother can't say he has a sister or even mention her name my brother and i only started going out when i was in university in lebanon because he changed and because we were in lebanon no way on earth we would have gone out together in saudi or like openly gone out together it's a it's a very messy affair you know my family was really tough on me it was really hard there was not much to do and I didn't travel that much like the rest of the Saudis. I spent my summers in Saudi. I managed to have some people who went to international schools. So I managed to mingle with different kind of people and had to have some guy friends, which one of them is actually still a very long standing childhood friend of mine. Hi, Andrew. So growing up in the Middle East, growing up in Saudi, growing up here is a whirlwind, you know. And I think until now I carry a lot of things with me that I had to unlearn and to be to feel better about myself and to improve myself I don't know but I think growing up Arab is really tough you know all the restrictions everything they tell you that is wrong that is haram that is uh that you need to keep yourself uh intact that everything is on you as a woman as a girl as whatever it is it's all in you and you don't get you're not given the tools or the knowledge or the support that you need to become the strong person, you know, and then they expect you when you grow up to be this independent, capable person who has everything right, you know, uh, but I, almost every person I know went through some scandal of their own or, or they did and didn't tell anyone, you know, I had more freedoms than others because I wasn't your typical Saudi because of my lineage, because of my background, I managed to have some flexibility but even when i went to lebanon my family was very strict with me and i think that's the worst thing you can do with a child because it's the strict and conservative kids that become that person because i would go to lebanon and i would do everything i could that i couldn't do in in, in saudi because my only outlet in saudi or, or if you're a conservative child is tv and back then we had mbc for and one tv and all of that and all you saw was r&b and hip-hop music videos that were not the most ideal things people should see and you know we, we had access to the internet where i stumbled on my first porn well did i stumble or is it my brother that kept it on his laptop on his computer i think see things and experience things that are curated for a specific audience and not for you and you take away whatever you want to take away without anyone explaining to you what is good enough, what's not good enough, what's correct, what's good for your age, what's good for your culture, what does this mean, why do people do these things? You know, I was exposed to too many things at a young age without anyone guiding me and explaining to me what they meant. You know, I had to teach myself a lot of things, how to dress, uh, etiquette, how to behave, how to speak, a lot of it by watching. And, and you know, I was a very um, timid person. I was a very shy person. I had high social anxiety where it was very difficult for me to be in public. It was very difficult for me to be this comfortable in public. Let's put it. It was very difficult for me to be this comfortable in public, if you want to put it that way. So, yeah, I came a long way. Um, 
But yeah, I just wanted to share with you some insight about how I grew up. And it's always whenever people see me, they assume a lot of things, you know, like recently. You went to an international school, you grew up here. I was like, no, I went to a private school in Saudi. I grew up in Saudi. Or when people keep telling me, you know, you're not this, you're not. No, no, I, I lived 18 years of this. I understand what it means to be dependent on a man on the whims of a man, whether it's your father or your uncle or your brother, and to have a guardian that is a man that you can't move, that you can't take life decisions without men. I am here because men had flexible decision-making on my life. Because, you know, when I was 15 or 16, two men approached my dad to get to marry me. And if in any other Saudi family, that could have happened. I am at the mercy of the men of my life, and I'm lucky and I'm privileged that they chose a decent life for me. And as I grew up, they loosened up. And as I grew up, they changed. And as I grew up, I gained more freedoms. Without my brother under knowing Ahmed, I wouldn't have had a relationship with Ahmed because he would have made my life difficult. And I think girls understand what that means, you know? So actually, I owe my life to a lot of men, but it's not fair. And no one should live like that, you know? And I'm glad that things are changing. And I'm glad more and more and more women are getting their freedoms but living with such constraints turn you into something you know like I am very uncomfortable with lack of freedom and I think I'm very uncomfortable with being told what to do I'm very uncomfortable or I get really um, rebellious against um, constraints and I think maybe that explains what happened in South Africa when I'm told I can't do something I don't know how to handle it anymore because I've lived my life like that you know I've lived my life looking forward to getting out to traveling, to gaining everything I can to gain independence, you know? And if you're a woman listening to this who's going through all of that, it does get better. It does get easier. The first and foremost thing you need to do is get financial independence. And that's the way out. Because no one should live with such constraints. Unless they come from love and from understanding and to ease you into life, to ease you into what life should be. Because it's hard to also move from a place like Saudi where everything was a no to a place like Dubai where everything is a yes. I think it messes up with your values, especially especially as Arabs. It really messes up with your values and what you think is correct and what you want in your life. So yeah, how was your childhood? Tell me more. Please share, subscribe, stream, listen, you know. Do whatever you like with my episode and I'll see you soon.